0: And it's not this prelude to everyone here. Gordon said, You look in this first, I don't know anything about Ethereum. And here he is, just blowing everyone away again. So thanks for making me look bad again, Gordon. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome
1: to the Bitcoin Basics Podcast with your hosts, Faris and Gordon from coincompass.com, enabling you to safely buy and securely store your Bitcoins. All resources are in the show notes and description, including our disclaimer. Visit BitcoinBasicsPodcast.com to subscribe and discover
0: other free content.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Welcome to another Bitcoin Basics Podcast with your host, Gordon. That's me, and I have my partner in crime, Ferris, with me as usual. Before we get started, let's do our proof recording. So today is March the 30, 2021. The current price of Bitcoin is $57,420 US. And the current block height or block number of the Bitcoin blockchain is 676,941. And Faris, I'm going to introduce a new stat just for today's episode. The current max or the total max supply of Bitcoin is 21 million Bitcoins. And the total current supply at the moment is 18.86 million Bitcoins. The total supply of Ethereum is 115, 115 million, and the max supply, according to CoinMarketCap, has a question mark. So today we're discussing Ethereum, <laughs> but before we start, first this prompted your interest. Why are we talking about Ethereum? If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others
0: like yourself. Um, so Ethereum is making headlines in the investment world. Um a few people that we've interviewed, like um Rao Powell, we had on here recently, a few other people in Twitterverse are talking about Ethereum. Um, the reason they're talking about it is because Ethereum is about to launch what's called Ethereum 2.0. Um so I listened to a podcast with Vitalik Buterin. he's a creator of Ethereum. Um, this was a two hour podcast, and it really only got uh, an hour through it Um, but essentially so when I first started learning about Bitcoin this was 2016-17 it was one of those things where I learned the details in the sausage and as they say you you don't really want to know how the sausage is made and I probably learned too much and there were these debates in Bitcoin about scaling basically in that Bitcoin was slow because it took 10 at the time 10 to 20 minutes on average to process a transaction whereas ethereum and ripple could do it in seconds they were compared to the visa so they're saying that yeah bitcoin is too slow but ethereum and Ripple Ripple do things faster but as gordon just mentioned it's not just the fact that there's an unlimited supply of ethereum um but essentially, the problem that you have with Ethereum is the size of the um, let's just call it the database. So, if you wanted to download the Bitcoin blockchain, it's about 330 gigs, I think, at the moment. Last time I checked, it's around that. So, 330 gigs is a lot, but you could download that pretty quickly today. It wouldn't take long. Most people, you know, have terabyte computers. Ethereum, you can't do that. It's huge. So Ethereum, even though it's fast, they've got what they call a scaling problem. So Bitcoin has tackled the scaling problem. Um, we'll talk about that a bit more later, Well, we will allude to it when we talk about it in this episode. Um, but people are like, well, how's Ethereum going to scale? So that's that's one thing that Ethereum 2.0 is supposed to do is tackle this scaling solution. Um, but I think the basic question is, what is the difference between Ethereum and Bitcoin? And, um, there was a good analogy used, which I'll get you explained a bit more Gordon, but essentially someone explained Bitcoin as, um, so Vitalik and Naval on the show, Naval Ravikant, um, explained Bitcoin as an Excel spreadsheet, whereas Ethereum is an Excel spreadsheet with macros. So the, um, so before I talk a bit more about that, can you tell us, because I've seen this pop up on Excel spreadsheets, macros, can you tell us what the hell are macros on an Excel spreadsheet, Gordon?
1: Um, I think that's a terrible example, a spreadsheet, but anyway, uh, macros, is it just pieces of code or sort of things that you can add to a spreadsheet to give it extra functionality outside of, say, for example, if you're using Microsoft Excel. So a normal spreadsheet can do, you know, calculations and equations based on different cells and different numbers. But a macro is something that, for example, if you wanted to retrieve an additional data source, you had a spreadsheet and you wanted to know the current price of the US dollar or Australian dollar or Japanese yen. Uh, instead of copying and pasting those, obviously manually come to that, you could um, install a macro, download a macro that got Forex prices from an external data source and put it automatically into your spreadsheet.
0: Yeah. So I know like Google and I use Apple numbers do the same thing. So, um, if you haven't picked up by this already, Gordon, is the PC guy. I prefer Apple products to me. I believe there is not just a very stiff correlation, but a causation between the launch of Microsoft products and the suicide rates. So, I think, yeah, using Microsoft makes you want to kill yourself. That is um, scientifically proven, in my opinion. So, anyways, back to Bitcoin and Ethereum. When have I ever been
1: a Microsoft guy? I'm not you're sure, not sure you're getting guys. this it's the same from. thing.
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: Uh, Linux. Hello. Yeah. Oh, that's true.
0: Anyways. All right. Well, I was trying to be funny. Uh, what was I talking about? Yeah. So, Bitcoin. So, the thing I liked about here, what they explained in this, and this is the way... Gordon's explained Ethereum to me, is that developers like Ethereum. And this is why I hate Microsoft, because to me, I just need things to do you know simple. I open up Word, I open up Excel on Microsoft, and there's 18,000 different options. I need maybe seven. Um, and I don't need all those options. All those options are there for developers doing complex things. I just want to write a document or run a basic spreadsheet. I don't need all these options filling up my screen. That's what Ethereum is there for. So what they explain is shows show is that where Bitcoin is just a payment solution. So let's say, for example, you wanted to run a private transaction. You can't do that on Bitcoin, but um, someone can make a separate coin like Monero or Zcash um, or Dash, sorry, which everyone knows was a private one. Uh, if you wanted to get involved in um Say, putting deeds to property on the blockchain. You can't really do that directly with Bitcoin. You have to go and launch a separate coin, a separate token. So what was happening 2016, 2017 Bitcoin was basically like a Swiss bank account. It was like gold. It served one purpose to store wealth. If you wanted to do separate things, you would have to create a separate coin that was based on the technology of the blockchain. With Ethereum, what they're saying is you can do all that on Ethereum. So rather than going and creating a separate blockchain that has a separate purpose, Ethereum does what's called smart contracts, where on the Ethereum blockchain, you can add in, create this whole new contract. So that's why Ethereum has a scaling problem, because they're building on top of the layer one chain. So And they went on to to talk about how payment processing on Ethereum is a lot faster. Well, Bitcoin tackled that. And I'd refer to our episode where we talk about the lightning network. Um, Basically, Bitcoin was slow, but they figured out a way of keeping layer one secure and making payment channels faster. So uh, the main thing that Ethereum offers is it is a tool for developers to say, this is what we can do. And you put it on the Ethereum chain. Um, As I said, I only got halfway through this interview and Vitalik started to explain what Ethereum 2.0 is going to look like, and it's going to be a combination of layer one and layer two. So layer one is keep making the blockchain bigger, layer two is side chains as well. So I think there is some buzz in the investment community saying we're about to launch Ethereum 2.0. If it's successful, Ethereum could go from $2,000 to $10,000 very quickly. So that's where the narrative is at now. It is a speculation. It's kind of like investing in a company before earnings are due. If you know, you're expecting earnings to do really, really well and they do even better than you're expecting and you're in early, you see the price go up. So that's kind of why we're talking about Ethereum now because there is some buzz about it in the community.
1: Do you have a question about Bitcoin? CoinCompass.com slash ask to record your question and we'll answer it on an upcoming episode. So whether your question is technical, non-technical, economic, political, fundamental, it doesn't matter. There is no question too basic or too complicated for the Bitcoin Basics podcast. Coincompass.com
0: slash ask. So with that, Gordon, um, what is your take on Ethereum scalability?
1: You mentioned uh, several things there, Faris, and I'm going to completely ignore your horrible analogy to do with operating systems. Um, because Apple's a white collar prison, Linux is kind of like you're living in the jungle, so you could definitely be killed by tigers. But uh, you have ultimate freedom. And Microsoft is, I don't know, maybe it's a state run prison. I, I I don't really have a good analogy for that. Um, so in terms of technical differences, I think we could talk all day about the differences between Bitcoin and Ethereum. And in doing this, I you know went did some research and whatnot. But um, I don't really think that's useful because you've got two different purposes. And a lot of people compare Ethereum and Bitcoin, oh, it's like Coke and Pepsi, you know, got different flavors, but, but actually it's not. It's, you know, comparing say Coke and beer, they're two different things with two different purposes. Um, and also, I mean, what is your perspective? Is your perspective as a long-term investor? Is your perspective as an IT guy or a programmer who wants to build apps? And, you know be, become employable or is your perspective for some short-term gains and speculation they're three completely different things and the answer to some of them might be bitcoin and the answer to others uh, ethereum um so to keep this podcast short because we could talk forever i really think the technical differences aren't that they're worth talking about and they might be interesting but you're kind of comparing a tank with a ferrari At the end of the day, different purposes. And if you're looking at investing, and I made a sarcastic remark at the very start of the episode about the max supply, it really does come down to, well, which is the heart of money? And Bitcoin, 21 million, is the heart of money. Um, Ethereum supply at the moment is 115 million. But I mean, who knows? Um, When Ethereum was launched in 2015, uh, 60%, or 100% at that time, was crowdfunded and Basically, what is called pre-mined Bitcoin uh, started from a Genesis block, block zero. Anyone could mine Bitcoin. Um so a lot of Bitcoiners call Ethereum a scam for that reason. Uh, I, I'm not against crowdfunding, but you know, today something like 60% of Ethereum is owned by the co-founders, by the Ethereum Foundation. So that point alone, and the fact that you don't know what the uh, current or the, the max supply is going to be, um, I don't think makes Ethereum a good investment. And we can talk till the cows come home about scaling and version 2.0 and all these uh, upgrades and stuff like that. But it, it's kind of meaningless because if I'm to be blunt, and, and by the way, I do like Ethereum and the technology and some of the blockchain projects they're doing. But if we're comparing apples with apples and we're comparing blockchains and blockchains, you look at the main attributes of a blockchain and you look at centralization and decentralization. Ethereum is not decentralized, and it's not decentralized for two reasons. One, the CIA, the NSA, SEC, whoever could call up Vitalik and say, stop that Ethereum thing or the Ethereum Foundation. Um, It could certainly target certain developers, you know, to stop them. And there's sort of a real world legal jurisdiction that could happen there. Also, as you mentioned, Faris, to run a Ethereum full node, let alone their archive node, you need four terabytes of data, a hard drive with more than four terabytes and a really fast CPU. So you're talking about a computer of at least $3,000. You can run Bitcoin on a $5, $10 computer or an old computer sitting in your garage, maybe with a small upgrade to the hard drive. So that means Ethereum is not, uh, I wouldn't say centralized, but it's definitely not as decentralized as Bitcoin. And that has the effect of, well, it can be controlled. Uh, the second thing is it's not transparent. Um, a lot of these digital apps or what we call dApps, um, you know, they, they run on these fancy websites or mobile phone apps, whatever, but they don't actually interact with the blockchain directly. So you may be using a finance app or a game or anything, but you're not actually dealing with the Ethereum blockchain directly. You're dealing with a database. Because the Ethereum blockchain cannot scale and it has got too many transactions, what developers do is they actually create a database to basically suck the Ethereum blockchain into it. And then when you're using a website or a DApp with Ethereum, you're actually interfacing with that database, not the Ethereum blockchain. And thirdly, and I would say probably the most uh, significant difference is um, Ethereum's been rolled back. And I know Ethereum people hate that, but there was something called a distributed autonomous organization a DAO in 2016, 2015, 2016, where a lot of people lost their money. And the Ethereum blockchain was rolled back. And you can argue whether that was a good thing or, or a bad thing and whether i um, saving people from losing their money. I personally think it's good for people to touch the stove because then they kind of understand that maybe they shouldn't touch the stove. But um the Ethereum blockchain was rolled back. So even though that happened once, it might not happen again. Just that lack of confidence that something like that could be done in the future. And it is highly centralized amongst a few developers means that, I'm sorry, Ethereum is not immutable.
0: Yeah. And that's another point that, um, on raised like recently, we thought we saw with Ripple how, um, they got pulled up from the SEC, basically saying you're not a decentralized cryptocurrency, you're a company. And, you know, they might get, fine not fine but proceed for back taxes and all this kind of stuff and we saw the price of Pri- ripple just drop the exact same thing can happen with ethereum by telling gets gets in. you guys are a company you need to be registered so yeah um now just prelude to everyone here gordon said you look in this first i don't know anything about ethereum and here he is just blowing everyone away again so thanks for making me look bad again gordon you're welcome <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mm -hmm. um and so last one you mentioned uh you mentioned a lot of things we could talk about ethereum 2.0 and scaling whatever it's not really a version two if we're honest and even vitalik said that it really is a do-over it's not an upgrade like mac or windows to your operating system it's actually using a whole new design a whole new chain and it's basically moving ethereum 1.0 onto ethereum 2.0 so it's not an upgrade and i think that's actually quite disingenuous to call it an upgrade. It is a do-over, and that's fine. You know, if you've got an app on the App Store or Android Store, you've got a website or whatever, you have a new version. That's fine. You fix bugs or whatever. We're not talking about software. We're talking about money. I know blockchains are, are mm. software, but you know, to to have basically to basically admit defeat and saying, well, the first version didn't really work out. Let's just try, we'll just call it Ethereum 2.0, but actually it's a completely new technology and we don't have to get into the failures of them moving away from Bitcoin's proof of of work to something called a proof of stake, which I think will be a security disaster. That's a whole nother topic, which we could talk Mm. about another time. Um, But, yeah, it's hype. And, again, uh, what is your perspective? You could probably make some really good short-term gains, speculating on Ethereum. Mm. But is it hard money? No. And I'll quote to you two things that Vitalik has said, and you can look at the ethereum.org website for this. In 2019, this is what Vitalik said, ETH, well, Ether, absolutely can be money if the community wants it to be. And then in 2021, he said, I do not think that Ethereum I, I do think that the Ethereum community wants ETH to be sound money. So one of the founders, co-creators of Ethereum basically admitted that Ethereum is not sound money. It's not sound money, but mm-hmm. it could be if, if we decide, if I decide that we want it to be.
0: Yeah, that's an argument for another day because we could take the same, could say the same thing about Bitcoin. So anyways, we'll have that conversation another day. Let's try and invite Vitalik on and let's do so before he listens to this interview.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so (laughs) I think we need to separate the technical differences from the economic differences. And um, you could argue that Ethereum is a more exciting, innovative, uh, faster-growing technology than Bitcoin, and I I do think it is. But in terms of an investment, a sound investment for your retirement, for your long-term savings, Mm -hmm. um, it's not hard money, and the founder of Ethereum has admitted that. So uh, that may be an annoying answer, but, um, you know, a lot of people um, use this analogy that Bitcoin is gold and Ethereum is oil um, or petroleum gas. And so mm. uh, in yeah. terms of usability and functionality, Ethereum definitely has more functionality than Bitcoin. There's no arguing that. There is so much happening on the Ethereum network. And in the past, we had ICOs, we had NFTs, and now we've got DeFi, decentralized finance and all mm. this sort of stuff. And next year will be something else. That's exciting, it really is. And you've got you know X on the blockchain, but if you're looking at investing, um, I don't think you can go past the hardest money and that's Bitcoin, there'll only be 21 million, that won't change. And uh, that inflation, it can't get inflated away. So I think that fact, and, and it hasn't been rolled back and it won't be rolled back. I think that fact alone uh, pretty much answers the question.
0: Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly, but um, yeah, we have more conversations about this and I think we should. All right. Um, that's it from me. Gordon, you have anything else you want to add? You always have to get the last word in. so
1: I, I always out. do. And, and Ethereum <laughs> uh, has, has moved its narrative um, from being a world computer to now it's a smart contract platform. And, and that's a really interesting idea. I'm not saying it's not. Um, Nick Szabo was actually the first one to mention this mm. uh, notion of, of smart contracts. But smart contracts are neither smart nor a contract because they're just pieces of code. And they're not enforceable in the real world. So a lot of people get excited when they put, you know, title deeds of apartments on the blockchain or university degrees on the blockchain or this on that. And it's like, well, that's great. But you come to a judge and they say, here's the uh, Ethereum link to my title deed of my house. Uh, that's not really going to fly. So um <laughs> not saying that that shouldn't be pursued. And, and there are people trying to um, get the legal requirements and certain laws around the world sort of up-to-date um but i mean we're we're basically at the problem in that we're trying to reinvent the wheel we're trying to make everything that's analog in the real world onto the digital world onto the blockchain yeah. and some things we don't live on the blockchain you know the the reason why bitcoin um is successful is because there's no real world input every single bitcoin transaction um basically is pure mathematics whereas with all this thing that we put on the blockchain um You've got this real-world input, which means there could be errors and corruption or whatever. So we've discussed that before. So I would say interesting project for us. Ethereum is super interesting. It's the number two coin. Um, could it potentially give you more gains and more profit than Bitcoin? Maybe, but uh, it's definitely not sounder money. So invest in gold, don't invest in oil.
0: Okay. So, Fair enough. Thank you for listening, everyone. And um, Gordon? Where you want to send people today if they made it to the end of this I, podcast?
1: I want you to have the last word, Faris. Should someone listening to this, maybe they've got a, big, a
0: bit of Bitcoin, should they invest yep. in Ethereum? I wouldn't. Um, if you're speculating, even in li- and in all fairness, I did have a long Ethereum position, which I closed out a few weeks ago. Um, I thought it, the percentage increase in Ethereum was going to do greater than Bitcoin, but it didn't. Um, and if you look at the charts, they're very similar at the moment. Um, best way to gauge is you can compare Bitcoin US dollar versus Ethereum US dollar, but actually just go to trading view and do um, type in ETHBTC, and that's the price of Ethereum against the price of Bitcoin, and it's just going straight down.
1: I was going to mention that at the start of the show and show graph, because you can look at any altcoin, pretty much anything in the top 20 against USD, and it's going up. So everything is yeah. going up. But if you compare yeah. Ethereum versus Bitcoin, it's actually, as you said, it's going down. So why would you invest in it? Just invest in Bi- Bitcoin. Yeah.
0: Bitcoin is the whale. Everything else is a plankton. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I'll leave it at that. Thanks for watching and listening. Visit BitcoinBasicsPodcast.com. You can find access to all our social media platforms, podcasts, YouTube channel. You can also ask us a question. And uh, we do have an upcoming uh q a so coincompass.com ask if you want to have your question answered on an upcoming episode so please share and like this it sort of helps spread the word to other people like yourself to get bitcoin education out there thanks faris and we'll see you in the next episode thanks everyone thanks for watching or listening please visit coincompass.com free to register to our socials and discover other free content
0: subscribing, liking, and following helps this content remain ad-free. Until next time.